What is up, everyone? Mad Trivia John here at the top of the episode to do some podcast shoutouts. So please check out the Dynamic Duel podcast, the Avengers podcast, the Max Destruction podcast, Smash Trivia presents the Gamma Analysis, Oh How Marvelous, the Going Merry podcast, Why So Sidious, Block Blunders, the Stony Hill podcast, Cheers Big Ears, Stark Wars, MCU's Bleeding Edge, the Bombcast, the Don't Be a Hero podcast, and the Guy at the Movies podcast. These are all things that have come across my history recently or things that I've supported for a long time, and I truly believe they deserve your listenership and support as well. Of course, there's many other podcasts out there, but these ones are all big ones in my world, and I think you would really appreciate them just as much as I do. It's Matt and Gian, right? Yeah, Matt and Gian. I'm just going to say, Miggy, I thought the boys were saying it right this whole time, and even now hearing you say it, they're not saying it right. No, I don't think that. I just haven't had the heart to correct them. Welcome to the Mad Trivia Podcast. What is up, my fellow nerds? We are back for another week of the Mad Trivia Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Mad Trivia John. And this week, I have brought a guest from the Marvel vs. DC Dynamic Duel podcast. Uh, he's a regular listener of that podcast and an executive producer like myself. Miggy, introduce yourself. Hi, what's up, John? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, like John mentioned, I'm Miggy Matangihan. At the time of this recording, I'm a graduating senior at Masai University. And, you know, it'll be dope being a real adult. Yeah, you're killing the game, and you're what, not even 21, right? No, I'm 22. Oh, you're 22. Yeah, shit, yeah. we've known each other for going on three years, right? Yeah. God, I can't believe I've been following this podcast that long. It's crazy, yeah, because I, I started listening to Dynamic Duel, uh, like, summer after I graduated high school. Jeez, I started listening later in 2020, probably midway through the year, so yeah, I'm coming up on three years. Well, Miggy, as all of my guests do, you've given me five movies. Your movies were Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War, The Incredibles, Chef, Imitation Game, and The Prince of Egypt. So, why don't you tell everyone why you like those movies so much? Yeah, uh, okay, so I'll start with the first. Um, you mentioned Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. Like you had mentioned, we're both like a fan of Dynamic Duel. So we're both uh, like superhero fans. I am on Team DC while you're on Team Marvel. Um, I just kind of grew up on DC animation. I grew up watching the Justice League animated series, Mask of Phantasm, the Superman animated series, Teen Titans, the original one. So I've always just been a fan of DC animation. And of course, their animated movie universe is comparable to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that yep. it's expansive, it has a continuity, and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is kind of like the end game, where it's the final culmination of that universe, bringing together like all the different elements from all over that universe, bringing together the Teen Titans and the Justice League, Justice League Dark, and really showing us a lot of like different things that we never would have thought of as fans and things that we didn't realize we wanted or needed until we watched the movie. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything because it's just so good. Uh, the yeah, pacing it, it, too. That was a fantastic movie in my opinion too. So mm-hmm. as a Marvel guy. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're just familiar with the characters, you're going to enjoy the film. Uh, the pacing too is incredible. It's only an hour and a half because it's an animated movie. But it feels much longer than that. So I think that just like it speaks really to it really yeah, does. I think that just speaks to the writing, right? Like the, the writers just really know how to write a film. So how about the Incredibles? Yeah, so the Incredibles, yeah, just another, you know, movie showcasing my love for the 
superhero genre. Um, kind of a funny story about that. So I first watched this movie back when I was in the Philippines. I was like two or three when it came out. I had like really bad separation anxiety as a toddler. And my mother, when she was a professor at the University of the Philippines, so she would leave me with like a caregiver. So in the Philippines, there's like a, a low class, like they're the lowest class. They get paid like 20 bucks a month to be like the helper, the maid, cook, help raise the kids. It's a bad Damn. situation, but that's yeah, just kind of the reality. Tough. Yeah. So we had a helper just like every family and my mom would leave me with her and I had bad separation anxiety. So the only way to distract me so that I wouldn't like cry when she left was to put on VeggieTales or The Incredibles. So yeah. So as a kid. VeggieTales was that old. Yeah. Yep. I think it's as old as me. Maybe a little bit older, like a year or two. Because I got third. You're going to be 23 this year or you're 22 this year? No, I turned 22 uh, like a month ago. Okay, so yeah, I got about 13 years on you, and all the things that I grew up with, you got, you got nothing like I got. I got, like, Blue's Clues and Barney. You got Veggie Tales and the Wiggles. Yeah, but I, I, the, I think with the Philippines reruns and stuff, I, I grew up a little bit on Blue's Clues, too. So it might have just been, I don't know if you were just, like, behind or something, but yeah. So as a kid, you know, I think just the, my love for superheroes, and then, of course, it's a Pixar movie, so... The visuals are great and yeah. they have to be for a kid's movie. But like my mom like tells me now, like even back then she could tell like this is a well-told movie. And like now that I'm older and know more about like comic stories and like Watchmen and the Fantastic Four and how The Incredibles kind of took elements from both of those. I like I just appreciate it so much more with their storytelling and the irony and just such a good movie. Yeah. Did you know that was P- uh, the uh, first PG movie Pixar put out? Yeah, I think I, I heard that like in a trivia something. Yeah, and I was because I was doing the research on all these movies, just trying to figure out like what would be the best one to cover. And when I was checking out this movie, there's just so many different things about this movie that blew my mind that I didn't know. Like the mm. same thing with Apocalypse War. Like all these all these animated films have so much behind them that you just don't know about until you look into them. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, the rewatchability of it too is like top tier. The I rewatched The Incredibles so much, like I can quote it. Like you know, I haven't seen it in like a year or two. I'll put it on, like with my family, and they get mad at me because I'm quoting every line as it happens. So <laughs> one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about. I believe it's John Favreau's Chef. Yeah. So Chef, this was a movie I think a couple of years ago. My parents just checked it out from the public library or something. They put it on like a family movie. I just kind of watched it. I didn't like expect too much from it. And then it just ended up being a really good movie. And then now that I've gotten older, I appreciate it more now that I'm like cooking for myself and I like cooking for myself. And it's just a fun movie, like seeing John Favreau cook, seeing him like bond with his kid and this like trip across America going from like New Orleans to Texas to Cali. It's just a fun film. And then the they actually have like a spin-off show on Netflix with the chef who the movie is like whose life it's like partly based off of. So yeah. like me and my family we watch that show, have a lot of fun with it. And then also the fact that the movie's kind of like a meta commentary on John Favreau's career. When I learned that, that just like blew my mind. Just like added another layer to like my appreciation to it. Yeah. Alrighty, and what about Imitation Game starring Benny Ball's Cumberbund? <laughs> yeah, so Doctor Strange, the the man himself, Smaug. <laughs> um, 
in eighth grade, we had, it wasn't like a wax museum, but it was kind of like one of those presentations where we pick a historical figure, we read their biography, we do a presentation, uh, we dress up, you know, the parents and families come to the middle school and then they talk to us and stuff like that. And my project was on Alan Turing, who was this British, like, super genius. Just no way, like, no other way to describe him. Uh, well, they named a test after him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's because he developed that. That I think, if I remember correctly, the Turing test was his like requirements for AI to be considered AI. So he was kind of like one of the pioneers in that. I know he's like considered to be the father of computer science. I think I could be wrong on that. Somebody's probably yelling at me, just like fact checking me. But you can't hear him, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's super smart dude. Uh, in World War II, the Nazis had come up with uh, an Enigma machine, which at the time they thought was like an unbreakable encryption device that like made it so that, you know, their codes, like nobody could understand them. Nobody could, they could intercept them. And the, the Germans like didn't care because they couldn't read them. So Turing was like hired by the MI6 to break the code. And he did, you know, the, he and his team like saved millions of lives because they were able to shorten the war that much faster. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Of course, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is an amazing actor. So you already know the movie's going to be great on that front. Not to mention the rest of the cast. I mean, Mark Strong, you know, all kinds of big names in that movie. Yeah, the I think the time that movie came out, my family was also watching Downton Abbey, and there's a couple actors from there. So we recognize them from that, too. I mean, how, how can you not like that? I mean, that's a, that's a really... I mean, it's obviously must be based on the true story i mean yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there are different things that they tweak to make it better visually or improve the story to make it more um, grasping but mm -hmm. overall it, it i haven't seen this one but it, it it's something that's always passed my thing because a obviously benedict cumberbatch the, there is an incomparable way of his acting the abilities that he's got to change his voice to sound completely like a New Yorker, for example. Well, not a New Yorker per se, but an American. The things that he can do is just, as a British actor, he's top tier. As an actor, he's still top tier. Yeah. And yeah, for, for him to lead a movie, it's it's definitely a grab. And um, despite all the hatred Multiverse of Madness gets, I still really like the movie. <laughs> yeah. But I went in uh, with the no expectations thing. That's why. Yeah. I haven't seen too many of his films or shows, to be honest, Cumberbatch is mostly really just uh, the Doctor Strange films, the Hobbit films, and Imitation Game, of course. So of the movies I've seen, this is definitely the one that like his acting ability was displayed the best. I mean, with what you've told me about what he's got to do, what, what he has to be, I imagine that it would have taken him to the limits and then some of his abilities. Yeah, definitely. Especially since the I don't want to spoil the ending for the of the movie, but Alan Turing was uh, homosexual, and at the time the British government that was like outlawed, and so that was kind of like a big aspect of the character too of the man himself. So that brings a lot of tension, a lot of drama that Cumberbatch also had to embody. So, like you said, I'm sure that's something he had to kind of get into the character of. Oh, for sure. I mean, again, the limits get pushed, but he's he. I think his raw talent alone is just completely suggestive of what he can do and why he gets cast in so many things. Yeah, for sure.
And uh, lastly, let's talk about one of our, both of our favorites. This was an interesting find on your list, and this brings me back to my childhood, because this movie came out like five or six years before you were born. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I think it was 1999, wasn't it? So I thought it was 97, but yeah, just still a couple years. Yeah, either way, yeah, you're right, a couple years. Yeah, so Prince of Egypt. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household back in the Philippines. My dad was a pastor. So, you know, grew up on the Bible, reading the stories. I go to a Christian college if, you know, that wasn't clear when I said Messiah University earlier. So Prince of Egypt, I think this was my first introduction to the story of Moses. I can't remember having the Bible story read to me before this. Like, I think this was my first introduction to the story of Moses. And later when I, you know, was in middle school and I could read the Bible for myself, I was like, you know, kind of surprised to learn that, oh, the Bible story isn't exactly like the movie, you know, and then, so that's, that's kind of funny. You know, I watched the Charles Heston movie, Ten Commandments, like in freshman year of high school. And so I recognized some of the elements that Prince of Egypt kind of borrowed from that. But yeah, just a great movie. Like I, I rewatched it last night because I have a suspicion that that's what this episode will be about. And I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, and I was just blown away. Like, now that like I can understand so much more and like appreciate so much more, like, the cinematography, the acting, the score, the pacing. Just like with the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, it's only 90 minutes, but it feels so much longer. And it's, I don't know, it's just like the filmmakers at the beginning of the movie, they said their goal was to, like, capture the essence of the story. Because it's, they said, the cornerstone for the faith of millions. And I think they really did their job well. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about, that that movie, obviously despite the fact of the casting itself being a little bit controversial now, the animation to me was ahead of its time. The, the delivery of a powerful story like that was ahead of its time, especially in the late 90s. Like, you don't, you don't really... I can't name too many religion-heavy movies from the 90s. It's it's definitely a more modern thing now with like um, movies like God's Not Dead, and mm-hmm. um, I mean The Passion of the Christ even came out in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Like all those all those movies that really touched religion didn't start coming out until after this movie. So I think in a lot of ways this movie kind of set the precedent for religion based films. Even though it was an animated movie, it it certainly had power to it and despite the whitewashing of the actors, because obviously neither of them were Egyptian or Jewish, they still did a really great job. Yeah, for sure. The Like last night I watched it in Val Kilmer, like the switch when he goes from like the brash Moses, you know, just always mischievous, getting into trouble and stuff. And then when he yeah. learns his lesson and then now he's like matured, the, the acting is incredible, like the switch. And, and the music. Point, yeah, the music. The Hans Zimmer, just, you know, a legend in the industry. But to your point, I'm reminded that it's, you know, it's DreamWorks. It's a family movie. It's a kid's movie. And, like, the fact that they went with that instead of, like, you know, something a little more, like, t- turn your brain off. It's just to entertain the kids, you know, put them in front of the TV. Like ants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's ballsy. It's. Yeah, you know, and I, I commend Dreams or Dream. Dreamworks it was definitely progressive, progressive yeah. for sure. I can't say anything else for it. And yeah, so as I always do, I am doing the movie's words or the scenes words. But before I go into getting those words from you, 
I'm going to provide a nice little list reminding everybody of what the word types are, including you and myself, because I forget to. And so they are a noun, which is a person, place, thing, or idea, a proper noun, which is a specifically defined noun, a verb, which expresses action or being, an adjective, which modifies or describes a noun or proper noun, an adverb, which modifies or describes a verb, an adjective, or another adverb, a preposition, which is the word placed before a noun or proper noun to form a phrase modifying another word in the sentence. A conjunction, which joins words, phrases, or clauses. Interjection, which is a word used to express emotion. And phrasal verbs, which combine a normal verb with an adverb or a preposition to create an entirely new verbal phrase. Right. Most of those don't get used. Good, because I'm still unsure what a preposition is. So. <laughs> yeah, there's no prepositions in here. Okay, great. Okay. Let's get through this list. First, I need from you an emotion. We'll go with stressed. An adjective. Shiny. That one has been used in almost every single one of my episodes. Really? I, yes. I just went back to my comic and I saw spaceship, so. <laughs> <laughs> A plural noun. Beat. I was looking at my King Shark mystery mini, and he has like a, a dude in his mouth with the foot stick, sticking out. <laughs> King Shark, what a what a gift to DC Comics. <laughs> yeah, what a gift to Stallone's acting career. Right? <laughs> and verb. Foot. A plural noun. Swords. A verb. Maced. It's going to do mace. An adjective. Sweaty. The name of a company. Warner Bros. WB. Another adjective. Fuzzy. Plural noun. Buddies. A verb ending in ing. Sleepwalking. A noun. Fudge-striped cookie. Yeah, we'll just go cookie. Yeah, we'll just go cookie, yeah. Uh, another verb ending in ing. Trying to come up with like a like a funny verb, like something you don't use. Cooking. On the topic of cooking, before I forget, I wanted to mention that your conversations about food have consistently inspired me to want to try Filipino food. I just haven't gotten Do to it. it. The, you're in, I don't know if there's like a Jollibee near you, but that's like a great Filipino fast food restaurant. Their fried chicken is my favorite fried chicken and they like serve it with gravy and that gravy is like the best gravy i've had in my life the fat guy in me just got really happy (laughs) they they also have um like filipino spaghetti which is like a sweeter spaghetti so some people like it some people don't i i see like reels of like italians trying it and not liking it of course italians won't like it (laughs) it's not a spaghetti yeah 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 so that yeah Lots of stories about that. Um, like even my mom, when she moved here to the U.S., her one friend was like a chef, like aspiring chef. She like worked really hard on the spaghetti with the herbs and everything. And my mom was used to like the sweet, like Filipino spaghetti sauce. So then she tried it and she didn't like it and like, <laughs> like hurt her friend's feelings. But not everyone can like a good food. Another noun. Beaver. A verb ending in ing. Swimming. It's another commonly used one. I just looked it off on that, so. <laughs> Always a comics reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a noun. Phone. Sure. We'll go uh, with that. I said phone, but... Fun? Um, my phone. Like oh, a, phone. Like a, yeah. I'll put phone. Phone might be a little bit better in that situation than thumb. Your lack of soundproofing. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I think I just gotta enunciate. Maybe I'll just get closer to my laptop mic. An adjective. Weary. A noun. Terrace. A verb. Balance. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Yeah. <laughs> I can never hear the word balance without thinking that line ever again. Plural noun. Sandwiches. A noun. Binder. You're doing what a lot of people do and just look around for things. <laughs> yeah, yep. 
An adjective. Thin. A noun. Outlet. An adjective. Moist. <laughs> All my female <laughs> listeners just signed off. <laughs> uh, a plural noun. Rice patties. Past tense verb. Actually, three past tense verbs. Rusted, crushed. You said and... rusted? Yeah. Rusted would be a adjective. Or can it also be like it? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, okay, then I'll say drank, crushed, ejected. Another plural noun? Stars. A noun? Alligator. A verb ending in ing? Hurrying. A noun? Helmet. Another noun? Robot. A verb ending in ing? I'm killing you with these verbs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stretching. Uh, another noun? Hole. A present tense verb? Fly. Another verb? Thank. Another verb? Convince. A past tense verb? Agreed. Another verb? Sense. Okay, last one. A verb ending in ing. Fleeing. Already, already, already. So, now it's time for the big reveal. Your five movies were Justice League, Dark Apocalypse War, The Incredibles, Chef, Imitation Game, and The Prince of Egypt. Today, I am quizzing you on The Incredibles. I almost slipped earlier when I said doing research. I, I fell apart for half a second before I came up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. But you say you know this movie a lot and fairly well, and you've been watching it since you were a kid. Yeah. So let's see how much you know. Probably not that uh, much, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as, as you know, I have 10 questions, one two-parter for a possible 11 points. Okay. Obviously, the points don't matter. It's not a game to win. It's just a fun learning exercise about one of your favorite flicks and for everyone else to enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with the two-parter. Question number one. The film has a solid voice cast, including names like Holly Hunter, Samuel L. Jackson, and even the director himself, Brad Bird. But can you name the voice actors behind the main hero and the main villain, Mr. Incredible and Syndrome? Yeah, if I remember correctly, Craig Nelson is Mr. Incredible. Syndrome, I'm blanking. I I don't know. Uh, Which is really upsetting because this guy is, like, reputable in the comic book world. Really? Okay. Let's see. Can you give me a hint, like, reputable, like, artist or writer or... Uh, he's not... He's been in a lot of movies that have... Not a lot, but he's been in several movies that have comic books in them, and he plays the character who's, like, obsessed with comics. I'll tell you this, he's very well known to Kevin Smith. Okay. I, I figured it would be that route, like like Kevin Smith adjacent, but I don't know too much about Kevin Smith, honestly, so... Sam uh, is really great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to listen to uh, his one podcast, Fat Man, right? Fat Man Begins? Fat Man... Uh, uh, I think it's actually something else now. Yeah. But it was uh, Fat Man something for a while. Obviously, he lost all that weight, and they think he changed the name after that. But yeah, he, he yeah. I, I actually don't listen to his podcast so much as I enjoy his movies. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I think one of his movies is Jay and Silent Bob, right? That's one of them. Okay. Then I'll go with Silent Bob as my answer. <laughs> Kevin Smith is Silent Bob. 
<laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. So. That's okay. Yeah, it, unfortunately, it's not Kevin Smith. It's actually Jason Lee. Okay. He is known for pretty much all, I'm pretty sure, all the Clerks movies. He was in Jay and Silent Bob. He was in Cop Out. He was Earl in My Name is Earl. He's uh, He's got quite a history with him. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, not too, not too familiar with that actor, honestly. So. I'm surprised. A lot of people would know Jason Lee more than they would know Craig Nelson. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I think I just see, you know, top billing, like, for like, Incredibles 2, which was only a couple of years ago. So That's, that's yeah. fair, that's fair. Okay. On the subject of voice acting, there are two voice actors in this movie that have a history with Pixar. Can you name either of them? I'll also accept characters that they have played multiple times. Okay. Uh, I know Bob Ratzenberger is in a lot of Pixar movies. I don't know if he's in Incredibles, though, but he'll still be one of my guesses. So Bob you only Ratzenberger... need one. You, can, he's, you only have to name one. So if you're, if okay. you're confident with... It's actually John Ratzenberger that you're okay. thinking of. But I'll give it to you because, yes, he is in the movie. Great. The other one that is reputable is Wallace Shawn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He played, uh, he, he's, he's Rex in all the Toy Story movies, mm-hmm. and he plays the boss in The Incredibles. Yeah. Tiny little and diminutive was, guy. Yeah, he was also in uh, Princess Bride. Yes. Inconceivable! <laughs> is that a word? Uh, question number three, you're doing great. Uh, obviously, Pixar has a lot of films to its credit. This film stands out in regards to writing in a very unique way. What about the writing of this movie is different than any other Pixar film? I'm going to guess and say that it was blocked out like a real movie. Like, they thought about it like it, they were shooting a live-action movie, so they blocked it out, thinking about the cinematography and stuff, as if they were going to shoot it in real life. That's a total I think guess. I think they did do that with this, but that is not the answer. Okay. In terms of writing, this is the only Pixar film with one writer. Oh. Which was very cool, because it was also the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured. Brad Bird. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Question number four. This is a movie that also serves as another Pixar milestone for being the first Pixar movie to break from normal presentation. Do you know what this movie did that no other Pixar movie had done up to that point? Yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier. It's the first Pixar movie that was PG, rated PG. No, I'm looking for something more about the in-specifics of the movie. Like, what okay. about the movie is the first time Pixar had done something in their movie? Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to guess, like, depict humans, because every other Pixar movie had, uh, yep, you, you know. Correct. Okay, great. Dino, it was, it was uh, cars, toys, aliens... Yeah. This was the first human perspective film that Pixar released. Question number five. This is also the first and only Pixar film to not include something. What is missing? Oh, uh, I'm going to guess it's that Pixar Easter egg, the 2-8, I don't, I don't know what it is, the, the, the number that shows up in every Pixar movie. It's not the number. Okay. It is an Easter egg, but it is not the number. It's the Pizza Planet pizza truck. Oh, that was not in this movie, and I think it was because Brad Bird had not watched any Pixar films. <laughs> That's weird, though. You'd think, though. You think the uh, animators would have snuck that in anyways, or told him about it or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do not know. Still doing really good. 
Thanks. Question number six. The movie was almost called something else. Do you know what? Uh, let's see. Something else. Uh, I, I think... It's not too far off from what it's called. Yeah. Uh, I know their, their family names are. So, no, that would be a boring movie name, The Pars. It's also very far um, from what The Incredibles is, actually. Yeah. It's something very close to The Incredibles. Shoot. Uh, the, the Amazings, I don't know. I'm going to shoot yourself in the foot for this one. Watch this. All right. The Invincibles. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, <laughs> just like the the Image Comics character. Yep. And that's why I yep. said you got to shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've seen that show, right? Yes, I watched all the first season. It's fucking incredible. I can't wait for season yeah. two. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, it's going to be like late December. Are they doing it right now, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say it's coming out later this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they might be finishing up, like... I don't know, finishing up the animation process. Because it does take a while. Question number right. seven. What movie was forced to spend an additional $20 million to improve its CGI as a direct result of The Incredibles? Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, so I'm guessing it would have to be a different company then. Probably DreamWorks because they're really the only other competitor at the time. It wasn't an animated movie. Oh, okay. Shoot. So, wait, Incredibles came out like... 2005. 2005. Okay, that doesn't Maybe two thousand four. So Maybe okay. two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah, that that might be that might be right because uh, I think I was young, younger on the younger side when it came out. I'll give you this: the movie that is in question here came out in two thousand five. Okay, honestly, don't know. I didn't really start paying attention to like movie releases until a couple years ago. So I'm gonna guess Titanic. 14 years before this movie. <laughs> the Titanic came bro. out in like 93, 94, somewhere in that area. <laughs> the the right. prehistoric ages. Yeah, yeah, my youth. <laughs> prehistoric. <laughs> you gotta shoot yourself in the foot again. Okay. 2005's Fantastic Four. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought I this remember. was common knowledge. Well... I was like four at the time. I... <laughs> yeah, but you're a superhero fan, and you talked about the Fantastic Four. They had to they had to spend twenty million dollars to improve Lone Grufford's um, stretching because they didn't want to have to look bad compared to this. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's fair. No, I mean I just know that you know Incredibles picks up uh, like elements from the comics of the Fantastic Four. I don't know too much about production history of the movie, so yeah. Yeah, it still doesn't get a good rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though it's better yeah. infinitely than Fan Stick. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. I still haven't seen that movie, and I don't think I ever will. Question number eight. As you probably very well know, Elastigirl is also a DC character. DC gave Pixar a little bit of wiggle room and let them use Elastigirl in the movie. However, they weren't allowed to call her that outside of the movie. So what is she called otherwise? Yeah, I remember this uh, from Dynamic Duel's Elastigirl versus uh, Miss Marvel episode. So on merchandise, they called her Mrs. Incredible. Yes, they did. Very good. I honestly missed that they even brought that up. Okay, question number nine. This one I think is going to be kind of tough because it's a little predating you, and it's I'm not sure if it's a movie that you'd be uh, familiar with. All right. At one point in the movie, Frozone has a gun aimed at him by the police, and he explains while moving very slowly that he just needs a drink of water. This is actually homage 
to another film featuring Samuel L. Jackson doing almost the exact same thing, but instead he needs to answer a phone. What movie is this a reference to? I think I saw this like trivia on like Insta or something. So if I remember correctly, it's Pulp Fiction. Mm. No, sorry, uh, it's wait. Not. Was was he even in that movie? I don't know. Yes, he was. Yes, okay, okay. He was. good. Good. He's, at least he's like the main character. <laughs> at least I'm right about that. <laughs> um, shoot. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson movie. Uh, what's a Samuel L. Jackson movie? As he's a person in it. Shaft. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Coming. Coming it to is... America. He was not. Oh, yes, he was. Was he? Yeah, no, he, said, he, he was in. He robbed. He robbed that McDonald's. You're right. He did. That's right. Very small role. That was his early years. That was when he was in his late 40s. <laughs> you know, he's like 73 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Wild. Uh, sadly, all those answers were <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. And it is legitimately like a one-to-one representation of that same scene. Gotcha. I don't know. I, just, I still haven't seen any of the Die Hard films. And I've... You're missing I, out. Yeah, I am. I, I need to get on that. I last Christmas I was going to watch them, but then I just didn't get around to it. So I mean, maybe Alan Alan Christmas. Rickman was the first villain. Okay. So you can't miss Alan Rickman as a villain. Yeah. Okay. Question number ten. As I mentioned earlier, the director Brad Bird also voice acts on the film. Hell, he even went so far as to design Syndrome to look like a character version of himself. But can you tell me who he voiced in the movie? Yeah, Edna Mode. Excellent. Which was shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember watching like the special features as a kid on the DVD or something, and that was in one of the like behind the scenes things. So, yeah, uh, it, he's impressive, and he um mm-hmm. while I was doing the research for this, he it, it was stated that Lily Tomlin was a person that he approached to. She's like a big name older actress. Uh, she was just in um, eighty for Brady and a, another one she's got coming out with. Uh, I want to say Jane Fonda, but. He approached her to do it, and when he played some of the stuff back for her to hear, she was like, you've already got the perfect voice for this. What do you need me yeah. for? <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Mickey, you got five out of 11. Dang. It's not a great score. It's better than some. Okay. I'll take it. And you only got one less than Marvelous Joe did on his trivia. All right. So <laughs> you're basically on par. Every Everybody gets about half of them right. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of eights. Gotcha. But nobody gets a perfect score. I make sure of that. <laughs> That's okay. Good. Now, the Mad Lib scene. There's two characters in this scene. So me and you are going to go back and forth with it. All right. It's the scene where Bob's boss is berating him. Yeah, I I, I kind of guessed that when you were saying uh, we were going to go back and forth. So. Yeah. There's, there's only so but It could have been the syndrome monologue. Yeah. Do you want to be the boss, or do you want to be Bob? I'll take the boss, because okay. uh, I'm, I'm short, just like just like him. So I don't think you're that short. <laughs> I'm 5'3", so... that's I think you still probably have about a foot on that character. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Whenever you're ready, sir. Sit down, Bob. I'm not stressed, Bob. Not stressed. Ask me why. Okay. Why? Why what? Be shiny, Bob. Why are you not stressed? Your feet make me not stressed. What? You've gotten swords? Swords I can mace. What I can't mace is your feet. Sweaty knowledge of Warner Brothers' fuzzy workings. They're hoodies. Hoodies, Bob. Sleepwalking every cookie. Cooking every beaver. They're swimming the phone. 
Did I do something weary? No. Are you saying we shouldn't help our feet? The terrace requires that I answer no. We're supposed to balance people. We're supposed to balance our people! Starting with our sandwiches, Bob. Who's balancing them out, huh? You know, Bob, a binder... It's like a thin outlet. It's like a thin... Yes! Precisely. It only works if all the moist rice patties mesh together. (laughs) Now, an outlet needs to be drank. Well crushed and ejected tight. (laughs) The best outlets have dual movements. Stars that fit, that cooperate by alligator. I'm being metaphorical, Bob. You know what I mean by cooperative stars? Bob? Bob? Look at me when I'm hurrying to you, Par. That helmet out there, he needs help. Do not change the robot, Bob. We're stretching your hole. (laughs) 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 So good. (laughs) He's getting fly. Well, let's hope we don't thank him. (laughs) I'll be right back. Convince right now, or you're agreed. Sense the door. Get over here now. I'm not stressed, Bob. Not stressed. Got away. Good thing, too. You were this close to fleeing your jack. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stretching your hole was... <laughs> was worth the rest of this entire thing. That was so good. <laughs> my God. It always ends up like that. It does. <laughs> when the pants are down, they'll do you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I love Mad Libs. There's, there's just yeah. no end to the ridiculousness that can come from them. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Well, Maggie, you're not a podcaster or anything, but uh, you can feel free to plug anything you'd like if there's a podcast you'd like or uh, your school or whatever. And if you'd like to throw your social medias out there to have you get new followers, feel free. Sure, yeah. Uh, so, like I mentioned before, I go to Messiah University it's a small Christian private college here in central central Pennsylvania. Um, they have a really good engineering program. I'm a little biased in that, but you know, it's it's true. Uh, also, a good the nursing only department. No. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's true. Uh, they also have a good nursing department. Yeah, so it's a little small town, but it's uh, you know, it's central Pennsylvania. I'm from Washington State, so. It still amazes me that I'm so close to D.C. and New York and all that. So, yes, go to Messiah. Uh, I go to Messiah Dynamic Duel, uh, one of our favorite podcasts. Uh, I'll plug them. Go listen to them. They're just a great guy, great premise with their duel simulation and their movie reviews are always spot on. I think pretty objective, too. And their bickering is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish they'd show more of it. it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. As always, you can find me on... Now you can find me on Facebook, but let's be honest. Who the fuck cares about Facebook? You can also find me on Instagram at the underscore mad underscore trivia underscore podcast, on Twitter at the mad trivia pod, and on TikTok at the mad trivia podcast. Miggy, I am so glad you came on today. Stretching your hole was great. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. It was a fun time, like I thought it'd be. you got a great podcast here. And keep in mind, you have four other movies, so I could get you on again for any of those. True. Just let me know. I'd be happy to guest again. All right, Maggie. Thanks for coming on. And uh, to all my fellow nerds, of course, of course, to all my fellow nerds, we'll see you next time. And now it's time to kick Craig out.